Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today's guest is Allie Gilbert. Allie Gilbert is known for her ability to help men optimize their hormones. So we are going to dive deep into men's hormones and how you can optimize the physiology for the average individual, especially male. We do touch on testosterone with women and what that relationship is, um, but we mainly dive into solutions for helping men with their metabolism and with their testosterone. Uh, We discuss testosterone in men. We test. Uh, touch on testosterone in women. We touch on TRT and hormonal replacement therapy. We touch on the metabolism. We touch on lifestyle alterations and hacks to help optimize these things. We touch on sleep. We really touch on quite a lot um, and, and really tried to focus on the most common questions I get as a coach in this industry about hormones specific to men. Um, and again, I did throw in the testosterone relationship with women because I get that question all the time too. So today's going to be a good podcast because you're going to learn a lot from somebody who has a ton of experience, not only inside the the hormonal range because she has worked side by side with some, some really high level medical professionals in hormonal optimization, but she also has a long history of being a trainer and a strength coach uh, for golfers and everyday individuals. So I think you're going to get a ton of value inside this episode and, and I really want you to pay close attention to what we discussed because hormones do not have to be confusing, but they do need to be paid attention to. And today you are going to learn just that. If you like this episode and you like what we are talking about today, please do me a favor and share it on your Instagram. You can tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom and you can tag Allie at the Allie Gilbert. Tag us on your story. We want to see it and we want to thank you for listening and we want to share it on our story. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to this amazing episode with the one and only Allie G. All right. So Ali G, Ali Gilbert, I'm excited to have you on because like you said before this, when I pulled up your information, I was like, I swear I have seen her somewhere or we have met um, and we have a lot of mutual friends. So this is going to be really cool. And it's going to be also really cool because we have not done a full podcast just diving into testosterone. And I think it's a really, I don't know if hot topic is the right word, but it's it's a, an important topic that's, that's in the space right now. And I get a ton of questions on it. So um, my first question for you is if you can give us a little bit of your background, but also tell us why and how did you get into men's testosterone? <laughs> like, why is that the path you ended up going down? It's so funny because I obviously get asked that a lot on podcasts. And it, for, for me, at least, it's an entertaining answer. So, you know, the quickest background ever is I attended Springfield College, exercise science, you know, went down the strength conditioning route, as many of us do. And then you know, wanting to train athletes, everyone wants to train athletes. And I fell into golf fitness in around 2008. And I started going to the TPI uh, seminars. So went through all their certifications and living in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is kind of a mecca for golf, there's nine clubs alone here. Golf fitness tends to bring me more male clients. Um, Men seek out golf fitness, women don't so much. Women are more attracted to like some of the fat loss stuff like that. So Um, I just started training more men as a result of being a golf fitness professional. And I realized, you know, wow, men don't know so much about their hormones, you know, at that time, like it's, it still is, but for women, it's more socially acceptable to be on hormone replacement. And they talk about menopause way more than men would ever talk about andropause, which is the male menopause but also how testosterone has been on a very rapid, steep decline in the past few decades. And having these conversations with guys, you're a guy, guys don't like going to the doctor and they're not going to talk about this necessarily with their friends in the locker room. Like, yo, dude, I think I have low T. Like, you know, it's more social now, but guys just never talked about this. And so I think I kind of fell into it that way where I was like, all right, well, Nutrition coaching is something I'm going to have to do with these guys. So basically learned as much as I could from every single doctor that I could in the past 10 years or so. And um, my business coach kind of steered me towards, you know, 
making the niche or niche uh, men's health. And since I kind of specialized in this, um, it's been so much fun and very rewarding because the guys do need an advocate for this in the sense that they need someone to help them filter through all the misinformation and all the scare tactics that a lot of still doctors, but also the media, you know, provokes saying testosterone replacement causes cancer and causes heart attacks and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that's kind of like the long but short story on how I got into it. And I always just make the joke, like I have daddy issues. So I think I kind of get along <laughs> with guys a little bit better. <laughs> but it's definitely a weird, you know, thing to marry golf fitness and, and you know, men's hormones. And yeah. it's not like, hey, I'm Allie. Let's talk about your boner. It's more like, all right, how you feel? You know, like the general lifestyle stuff that, yeah. you know, we talk about. But it always ends up becoming a topic. So. I, I think it is funny how, um, I mean, I guess it's not funny, but there's a lot of women, it's pretty common to be taking something for your hormones, whether it is even just a form of birth control or it's for thyroidism or anything like that. But as soon as men consider or talk to somebody about TRT, they, I think they have this, this thought that it's, it's like a steroid because yeah. of what bodybuilding is, does. And I, I love bodybuilding and I have plenty of friends who are on actual steroids and it's a completely different thing you know, and, and that's a personal choice. But um, do you find that that's, that's a common issue that guys kind of have this filter on that they think it's this like dangerous black market steroid versus oh, yeah. it's just a help for your testosterone? Yeah, I, I love the bodybuilding world. Like I, I'm a self-proclaimed meathead, major meathead. And like um, a lot of friends, I have a lot of friends also who are on real steroids. And I tell my, my, you know, my clients that are afraid of that, I go, listen, I have so many guys who are on TRT, you would never even know. You know, it's similar to the women's fear of lifting weights and then exploding into muscles. So um, guys do say to me, you know, I, I want to go on testosterone, but like, I don't want to get too jacked. And, and I'm, I'm like, okay, on you know, the supplemental dose, like you're not going to get too jacked. But uh, yeah, that like, you know, bodybuilding created that stereotype in the sense as well as you know, suppressing estrogen and wanting to drive down estrogen, which is a pretty hot topic in the medical world with testosterone replacement. You don't need to suppress estrogen the way that the bodybuilding community has made it seem so. But yeah, guys think like, oh, I don't want to cheat. And I'm like, but you're on thyroid hormone, like you said. Is that cheating? Well, well, it's a yes, it's a steroid hormone, but it doesn't mean you're on steroids. Steroids tend to be, you know, derivatives of testosterone made in someone's basement. This is made in a pharmacy. So yeah. <laughs> why, why is that that they made? Because I've heard that from many people about estrogen. Why was it that the bodybuilding community, especially in the, you know, 80s, 90s, whatever, made estrogen seem like a bad thing? Was it just because that was like the female dominant sex hormone? Or what? Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons. So, you know, just like women need testosterone, which we can talk about, uh, men need estrogen. And, you know, if the, the max TRT dose for testosterone is 400 milligrams a week that a doctor can prescribe, as you know, bodybuilders are two, three, four times that dosage. You know, they're like a gram a week. So yeah. if you're going to raise your testosterone, your estrogen is going to go up as well. And handling estrogen levels at that level is a whole different ball game than your estrogen coming up when you're on testosterone. You want it to come up. You don't want to drive it down because a lot of the reasons why there's a lot of deaths when you're on a lot of these um, chemicals and stuff at the super physiological level is because estrogen's so low. It's cardioprotective. It's natural for it to aromatize, which means convert into estrogen. Um, it also allows guys to maintain a certain level of body fat around their stomach and increase libido. So men will find if they've driven their estrogen too low, it actually causes them to be um, not impotent, but they have like some erectile issues because of that. They've become very lethargic. Their mood swings are all over the place when that used to be the thought that that was really high estrogen. So just like in the fitness industry, we have all antiquated methods of like, oh, crunches for abs. Well, one injection per 12 days is a very antiquated protocol for testosterone replacement. We've now learned, and I say we like I'm a doctor. I'm not a doctor, everyone, just so you know. Um, but you know, we've now learned that the more frequent you inject, if you're on injections, then the more it aligns with the stable release pattern of the body. So that's where, you know, 
that whole scenario comes into play where people hear, oh, one injection a week. I've heard one, one a month, twice a month. But the more often you do it, you can do it every day if you want. Um, the more it'll be similar to what your body does endogenously. I think the, the word super physiological is a good word to throw out there. And I try to do that quite a bit too. And I use that exact word because I think yeah. when people think testosterone, again, they think steroids, they think Phil Heath and Mr. Olympia. And like the amount of, of chemicals, not even just testosterone that is going in to create that Hulk is, and it's fascinating. I went to Mr. Olympia. It's fascinating. It's, oh, it's yeah. cool. But um, like you said before, like guys worrying about getting too jacked, it's like, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I don't think you have to worry about that. It'll help. No. But Yeah. And I mean, you know, I always, I always say that, you know, when I have a client or when I have a consultation, I ask them, you know, they say, I want to get ripped. Okay. For me, if I told somebody I want to get ripped, I love Dana Lynn Bailey. I would love to look like Dana Lynn Bailey. I have never heard any woman tell me they want to look like her because that's not the normal look that people, you know, highly covet. So I tell guys or, and women, I say, send me a photo of somebody that you would like to aspire to look like. And that gives me an idea of like, what are we talking about here? Commitment wise, because obviously, you know, hormones are only one part of the puzzle. There's the whole diet, there's the training, you know, then there's the commitment level to how strict they have to be. So when someone says too jacked or too ripped, it's usually really, they want maybe a four pack, they don't want to have a six pack because that's too much commitment, you know? So it means something completely different to clients and to the general population than it does to us. You yeah. know, fitness yeah. professionals, we tend to freak out. If we don't have veins on our abs or if all of a sudden we're, you know, retaining water, you know, and we understand that that's abnormal, but we own that mostly. So yeah. yeah. So it's understanding what they mean by saying too jacked, because obviously, as you know, somebody can be extremely lean and actually 10 pounds lighter than they would look when they're in off season yet they're smaller, but they look bigger because they're leaner, you know? So it's oh, yeah. I, when I did my uh, bodybuilding show, I remember having pictures of people like, damn, you got jacked. I was like, no, dude, that was the smallest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I was yeah. very, very lean. You could just see everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, if someone's doing a natural show, mm -hmm. I guarantee if they, they did blood work, the doctor would be like, dude, we need to get you on an IV because yeah. like t test levels are through the floor. You're like at your unhealthiest. So yep. to look like that is a high, high sacrifice physiologically it's not healthy so you know yes testosterone replacement can help you recover better and it will retain muscle much better and all that stuff but it, it won't turn you into what we see on the bodybuilding stage which is a result of years of hard work and a lot of food and a lot of other drugs yeah 100 percent. So, <laughs> so so as we get into this topic i, I want to start with uh the decline of testosterone in general. Um, and I don't know any stats. So I'd love to hear if you have like actual numbers, but, um, and I know there's ranges which can kind of throw people off. So if we can explain that too, but over the last 100, 200, 300 years or whatever, uh, from my understanding, testosterone on average has just plummeted, right? Mm -hmm. Decade after decade after decade. Um, how much and why is that? So the, uh, the statistics now is that, you know, one in four men will have a low testosterone issue or erectile issue, which is Odd. pretty high, but also, you know, in the last, I would even say the th last 30 years has been the most steepest decline. And the reason for that is mostly our lifestyle. You know, people are obese, more obese than ever. Um, the more body fat somebody carries, then the more inflammatory, inflammatory tissue that they're carrying around and they're going to carry around the natural estrogen just from the environment and all that stuff, which is another onslaught onto our health. 30 years later, we're realizing how horrible birth control is for women. When women use the restroom, they're excreting estrogens. Those don't get filtered from the water. There's a lot of rabbit holes with it, but the primary reason is the digital technology combined with the sedentary lifestyles because we don't move as much as we used to. So men are not you know, men and women, but I'll say men, cause we're talking about men are not required to physically do what they needed to do back in the day, which was hunt and gather. And, you know, now we're counting steps and now we have to track everything and we still can't get to the level that we need to. And so there was a study done by the Hebrew university where they equated 
um, or they were talking about sperm production and how sperm production has declined the same rate as plastics have gone up, the production of plastics, and that they predicted men will be infertile by the year 2050, which is not far off. And I've been citing this study for about four or five years now, and it gets scarier every year because now we're getting closer to that year. But um, it, it's really, it's really strange how, you know, that's like kind of altering to a lot of people. And you realize a lot of people are having fertility issues, um, both men and women. And it's like, well, you know, if you're a woman and you don't necessarily plan on getting pregnant, you can take a pill for that. But if you do plan on getting pregnant, we have shots for that. So they wanted to come out with a men's birth control pill, but somehow that got uh, the ax. And I think because it was a com combination of testosterone, which does suppress sperm production, but also progesterone, which for a man is like awful because it's going to take his uh, libido. So he's not going to want to have sex anyway. So I don't understand what they're trying to do with that. Um, and then people got in arguments with the social ethics of, well, men should take the burden, whatever. I didn't get involved in that. All I, all I just... Steve was like, listen, this is bad for men's health and the birth control pill is bad for women's health. And, you know, there are other, other methods naturally that you can utilize for um, natural birth control. But that's like a whole nother topic, you know, in itself. So with the ranges, the lab marker for testosterone for men is pretty much the only one that has been lowered now three times since 2013, I think. Uh, LabCorp lowered it the first time in 2017. So the, the optimal range for men to have testosterone or the level that they would like to see is around 500 plus. So the range used to be around 350 to 1100. And if you were over 500, you were consider, considered doing pretty well. And obviously free testosterone has a lot to do with that as well. And then the range got lower to around like 280 to 970. And then it just recently got lowered again on another lab where it was like 170 something to 880. One of the doctors I work with noticed this. And I was like, oh my God, like there's no hope because you can go, you can be 30 years old. You can walk into the doctor's office and be like, I feel like shit. I have all the symptoms of low testosterone. You know, what gives? Get your blood work done and you can be in range and then sent on your home, sent on your way home yet you're still symptomatic. So it really causes an issue because now if you're considered high at six or 700, then what, what about a guy who's 1200 naturally? What are they going to tell him? Like, oh, we need to lower you, sir. Like yeah. you're, you're too high, but you don't tell that to teenage boys who probably have test levels of like 11, 1200. How come we don't have to tell them they have to lower it? You know? Yeah. Well, so, so with that, like, what does somebody in that situation do? I mean, if they're, I mean, is there no hope? Like, I mean, if, if oh, you're yeah. going in and, and then on top of that too, like, so two questions on the ranges. Um, one, are they lowering that just because that's the average? Not necessarily yes. like that's actually what's optimal. No, they're lowering it because that's the average. So the ranges are based on the average of everybody in America. So it, it's you, it's, it's uh, obese guy next to you. And then it's another fit guy. And then it's somebody who's really sick. So as you know, the, the uh, health of America is not the greatest. So, you know, someone who is very fit is being lumped into the same category as somebody who's very unhealthy and mm -hmm. sick. So if you want to be normal, then yes, you can be in that range. But if you want to be optimal, you really should be like, you know what? We should, you know, err on the higher side. And a lot of doctors treat paper. So, you know, you could still have a test level of six, 700 and just not feel well. And maybe your free testosterone is really low. And then there, there's also something to consider with that. So as far as what should a guy do, he should find another doctor. Um, and this is very controversial as well, because we think, oh, health insurance should cover us and it should really help us get what we need. Health insurance is for sick care. So hormone optimization is not under the sick care model of health insurance. So it often doesn't get covered to go see a specialist, but you want to see a hormone specialist, somebody whose practice is primarily people who have, you know, hy uh, hypothyroid or sorry, hypogonadal issues, which are low hormones for both men and women. 
And then somebody who understands how to properly dose and the type of testosterone you may need in the delivery method and why it might be low. So there, there could be a plethora of reasons, but just looking at a piece of paper and saying, oh, you're okay, is not okay in my book. And I've had men tell me, well, my doctor said I'm too young. I look too fit. I look fit enough. Like all these crazy things for them not to get their hormones tested. And I'm just like, no, run, go find somebody else who understands it. So it's not necessarily what they want to hear, but if you have a relationship with your general practitioner, keep him or her for your general practitioner needs. Like you got sick or you need a Z pack or whatever, but don't use them for hormone optimization, which is such a crucial part of the rest of your life. How do you determine if it is testosterone? It's not something else. So like, let's say somebody's in the quote unquote average. So their doctor's like, no, you're fine. Uh, how do you determine like, yep, that's, that is like what, I mean, I know there's symptoms, but do some of those symptoms carry on to other things too? Like it could be this, could be this, but we're going to lean on testosterone or is it pretty clear? Like, nope, that's what you have. So one thing to consider is, is what has gone on in your life now? Obviously, with the pandemic, that has caused a hell of a lot of stress on a lot of people. Um, it has my clients who are on testosterone rethinking their protocol, wanting to tweak it just because they get stressed out. And I'm like, no, just leave it alone. It was working fine before all this. And then it has guys who are really understanding that, wow, stress plays such a big role in what I'm experiencing that maybe it could be a hormonal issue or it's just my lifestyle. Cause if they're not traveling anymore or, you know, they're spending more time at home, they can sleep more, all this stuff. So if you have symptoms of low T, which are, you know, you're lethargic, you just don't have that drive or that mentality to really want to win anymore. Cause it's like the winning hormone for men. Energy is just through the floor. They have trouble maintaining muscle or putting on more muscle when everything's being done right nutritionally. Um, libido can be part of it as well, though, though there, there are other factors to uh, erectile issues and or libido. And basically, they're all of a sudden getting you know, body fat in places they never saw before. That is probably a testosterone thing. But why is that? And like I said, consider what happened. So if a guy just had a baby recently, within a year, you're going to have lower than normal testosterone levels from lack of sleep, but also, and it's like an evolutionary thing, like they can't procreate with the cave next door. So, you know, that's something just to consider. Have you gone through any other traumatic event aside from a pandemic? Like, have you opened a business? Have you changed jobs? You know, have you had a really rough time at work? Are you not sleeping a lot? So those are also things that can affect what your testosterone levels are. If you address those, if you address the lifestyle stuff, such as sleep, which is so important, getting your nutrition dialed in, training enough, but not too much, not too little, all those things. If then you're doing everything right and you're still having those symptoms, then it would be a good time to go get some labs done and just see what's going on. You started diving into what my next question was um, with natural solutions. But before I get to that, um, an argument I've heard, which I don't, I don't really agree with, especially because... I mean, you said three times that the average has dropped in the last just few years, which is insane. But um, the argument being, well, we don't need as much testosterone as we did back then. I mean, we were hunting, we were, you know, foraging, we were doing all these things all day, every day. Like it's, of course it dropped and we don't need it to, right? And to me, it's, it's one thing to say we dropped because we don't need that much, but to have like serious symptoms on like a mass scale, I think is a completely different thing. I think that, you know, the, the appropriate answer to that is it depends. And I'm not just going to say that and say it depends. I will back it up. So <laughs> it is very individual. So when someone says like, we don't need as much as we needed before, who's we and for who? It's like saying, you know, what's the best diet? What's the best exercise for who? Like, who are we yeah. dealing with? So same with testosterone levels, because there's there are guys who have like test levels of three, four hundred and their their free testosterone's on the lower range and they feel amazing. And there are guys who if they go say they go on TRT and they're at three thousand, they don't feel so hot, but they feel better when they're at twelve hundred. So it's so individual because yes, we all have, you know, the same human physiology, but the way we respond to it and metabolize stuff is way different than, you know, one of our friends. So I don't know if I would support that argument either because it is, you know, very N equals one, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, granted, they do have like, 
protocols for guys and you know start out at this dosage at this frequency but there's a reason that they do labs to follow up to see how guys are feeling and you know to check in with symptoms so it and it, it it does have a lot to do with how we live but i wouldn't say we would need less of the hormone so one thing i do talk about in um my presentations is you know we don't move like we used to so i bring it up slides from the 80s because i was born in the 80s so the 80s tvs we had like 10 channels you had to get up and change the channel to change it sometimes like the antenna you had to hit it like you had to blow in the nintendo cartridge but then every time you wanted to change a channel you had to get up and you had to sit down you don't see that anymore you had to actually manually roll down windows and cars you had to go around the other side of the car because there's two keys to open the other side of the car. You had to do all these things that required moving that we don't have to do anymore. Like we can literally sit on the couch, press a button, you, you'll see food show up, alcohol can show up, a husband or wife can show up. Like, I mean, anything can show up on your doorstep. You can wear diapers and not have to do anything. And that is what has caused the decline in our society's health, but also our hormones. So. Are there natural, like when you start working with somebody, are you like, okay, before we get into any type of pharmaceuticals, are we like kind of checking off our boxes of natural things um, from a standpoint of like, I'm not going to put you on TRT if you're not sleeping, you're overstressed, you're not training at all, so on and so forth. I'll tell guys, cause I, I do have, you know, clients that are on one side where they want to nail everything right before they make the jump to TRT. And then I have guys who are like, it's the magic pill. I don't have to do any of this. And I'm right. like, it doesn't work like that. So you still have to address any lifestyle stuff because if you do go on testosterone, yes, it can help. However, you're only going to need more and more and more of it that if you don't address the natural things that you're supposed to be doing. So as far as supplements, because I know everybody wants to know that there is no such thing as a testosterone booster that actually works naturally. Um, you're welcome to accompany me to vitamin shop. I love messing with those guys because like I, every time I go in there, there's some new men's product for like $80, which is a combination of amino acids and like a couple herbs and it's overpriced. Um, if still there's nothing supplemental that you can take, that's going to get you to a level that you'll actually even feel a difference. The biggest jump I've had with a guy naturally has been around 300 points and, and that's coming from sub-zero of two kids within a year, you know, overworked, not eating enough, training too much and trying to train too hard. So a lot of our general pop clients will come to us training a lot. They don't necessarily train too hard, but they will train a lot and they won't eat enough. And this is rampant in men as well. A lot of guys come in at around 17, 1800 calories, similar to women staying stuck on the 1200 calorie thing. I don't know who started that, but a lot of guys come in with that and they're not sleeping. And I understand how boring sleep is like talking to somebody about sleep. Like they don't want to hear it, but we've all forgotten how to go to bed because we have technology and we're sitting there and we're scrolling and then somebody pisses us off. And then all of a sudden the stress hormones come up and we can't fall asleep. So then we over medicate and it's like this Adderall ambient cycle that some people get into. So getting them to develop that routine and then getting them to understand how important that is takes a lot of time, but once they experience it, then they get it, then they start to feel better. And then it's usually increasing the intensity of their training sessions, but decreasing the frequency. So instead of maybe seven days a week, maybe we train four and then we go for a walk and we, you know, try to calm down. That tends to yield the best results naturally. And maybe their levels will bump up a bit, but still it's not enough that where you would feel the biggest difference if you are on TRT. And there are some guys who are so deep in the hole where they're extremely overweight. They are so exhausted, high blood pressure, high triglycerides, pre-diabetic, where getting them on TRT will actually help jumpstart the motivational process to get them in the gym and get them moving and stuff. So individual let's dive into um trt as a whole like not only what are the changes you're seeing in guys when they start actually doing this but how do you go about i know you don't literally prescribe but how do you go about working with a doctor to make sure that they're on that and monitoring it because i i'm assuming it's not as simple as you're on it okay you're good 
just keep staying on it. Like there's, there's fluctuations. You got to kind of test um, your blood work, maybe constantly monitor biofeedback just to make sure you're maintaining the, the health that you want to maintain. Um, how do you go about that process? Um, so the biggest blessing with COVID has been the change in the telemedicine laws. So my partner, Dr. Eric Fett, who is uh, out of Ohio, we've known each other almost three years. I, I presented at a medical conference and I met him and it's very rare you meet medical professionals where you're like on the same page with everything, nutrition, supplements, training, diet, all that stuff and hormones. Mm -hmm. So I always was like, damn, I wish we could work together because legally you would have to go fly to see this person one time in order to get a prescription. But now with COVID laws, telemedicine laws have totally relaxed and you can actually get a prescription talking on Zoom like we are. So yes, I don't prescribe, he does. So clients who work with us, we kind of um, collaborate obviously with the person's permission because of HIPAA. Uh, this is what's going on. They'll do a consult with him. He will decide the best path for them. And then coaching with me, you're already getting the accountability and the follow-up and all that stuff. Um, most places will do labs within six to eight weeks. So we'll do labs with people, follow up with them. Everyone who has gone on, the first thing they notice is sleep instantaneously gets better. Um, the body composition changes usually takes three to six months, maybe more with some guys. But right away, guys are like, oh my gosh, like everyone's aura ring data just changes. And they're like, what happened? And I'm like, well, you're sleeping and you're actually getting deep sleep. Um, so, so with that, it's almost like a concierge type of experience because they're getting the accountability and the check-ins and the follow-up and, and all that, that you don't necessarily get at a men's health clinic that pop up everywhere where they're definitely saying, here's your testosterone, have a nice day, come back in two months. So. I'd love, I'd love to hear about the myths. You know, a, a while ago, you, you, brief, you briefly mentioned like people are afraid of XYZ and they assume XYZ. Um, can you explain maybe uh, what the myths are and then maybe just some like health ramifications like longevity, blood work, cholesterol, all that stuff. Like um, just, I mean, how long are you going to live? Like things like that. Are any of those actually affected negatively or is it actually the complete opposite? So with um so i'll start with like the fears so most guys here you know it will cause cancer um and it doesn't so the research on that has been completely refuted and upended and the biggest argument would be prostate cancer and um there's a there's a lot of uh people who all of a sudden their psa which is a test that that guys do prostate specific antigen will be elevated and because they're on testosterone, the doctor will freak out and they'll say, well, this is elevated because of the testosterone. Meanwhile, if you have sex the night before, if you ride a bike the night before, like there's so many things that can elevate your PSA. Um, but there's a lot of knee jerk reactions to it because of antiquated literature. There's actually um, physicians now treating stage four prostate cancer with super physiological levels of testosterone which is very evolved. Anytime I mention that to somebody who has gotten prostate cancer or gets biopsied, they're like, my doctor thinks you're insane. I'm like, I know it's okay. Um, because you know, the typical protocol now is androgen deprivation therapy, which is take all the testosterone away because that's going to help the prostate shrink and then get rid of the cancer and, and blah, blah, blah. Same with women for breast cancer and estrogen. There are definitely ways that you can use hormone replacement for people who are um, prone to that or actually have that. Another myth about that is heart attacks. And the problem with that is really low estrogen. And if you're blocking estrogen and suppressing estrogen, because it really is cardioprotective. So a lot of the research that was done on that was with androgel. And we don't really hear about androgel so much anymore. And there's a reason for that. So uh, the topicals, um, the concentration of testosterone is really not that high. So it it didn't bring men's levels up high enough to be considered what would be optimal. It was sub like 300 or in the 300 range. And they didn't really manage estrogen or look at estrogen or anything. So that study has been kind of, you know, X'd out. Um, and otherwise, like there's a lot of really good health benefits. So if somebody has tri triglycerides that are high, testosterone will gobble that up. It usually helps the lipid panel. It can suppress HDL cholesterol a little bit, but again, that's something that gets monitored and it's not really that crazy. So if you have a physician who knows what he's doing or she's doing and can monitor these and knows what to look for, 
then yeah, you're going to see an elevation in red blood cells and hematocrit and hemoglobin and stuff like that. But again, that gets monitored because it's increasing the amount in your body. But the side effects are sleeping better, feeling better, looking better, performing better. So it's, I don't know. I don't know why it's so scary. Um, no. Is it, would there be an argument to say that it actually increases longevity because all of the, I mean, your, your mood is better, you have more energy, you're sleeping better, your sex drive is better. A lot of your health markers, you're going to lose fat, which is going to help your health. Do you think like maybe not testosterone is going to make you live longer, but all these indirect side effects are positively helping your health and then you're going to live longer? Of course. Yeah. I mean, and also guys will say like, well, you know, all my natural test productions will stop. And I'm like, but you don't have any. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's not like the older you get, the higher it's going to get up, you know? So they, they realize that, you know, one of the bigger quotes from most men is like, oh my God, I wish I did this five years ago. Yeah. You know, because they just feel that much more like themselves. I have a few uh, handful of clients that are uh, in a similar position. And, and the thing I said when, I, like, I can think of one conversation I had a guy with, he was kind of like tiptoeing on it because his doctor was encouraging it. And I just said, like, yeah, you're going to need this to be elevated, but do you want to be elevated or remain exactly how you are for the rest of your life? And the answer was clearly like, well, I want to be elevated. I want to be happy. I want to feel this way and go that route. Like it's, it, I don't think it's that big of a consequence. No. And, and if you saw the before and after um, blood panels of a lot of men, their health markers just get so much. It's honestly like it, it should be marketed off label as like the best drug for diabetes mm. because it just helps guys manage uh, blood sugar so much better. It, it, it is so amazing, but of course they never market that because they probably make way more off insulin and all that. But anyway, so. Do you, I mean, do you have any logical reason why it's, it's so, um, I mean, that it's not more common, like that, that, that doctors aren't prescribing it more and that they're worried about prescribing it or, or not recommending it? Is it just a matter because of- Because they're scared, I think. They're not updated with literature or- yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's very much, um, it's like a fitness professional, like like for me, somebody who specializes, you know, say I only did golf fitness, I didn't, you know, go into the men's health. And then somebody wanted like, you know, some other random sport that I have absolutely no experience in, you know, granted, we're all supposed to know how to train an athlete, maybe it's a bad example, but it's like going to a cardiologist for plastic surgery, mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to a general practitioner, Yes, you're going to get probably an answer that's not what you're looking for or not the right information because they are bound by the medical system, especially if they're taking insurance, then the number of patients they have to see per day and the guidelines and the rules that they have to follow, they can get penalized for overprescribing, you know, this type of drug. So it is something that is scary to them because they have to, within the guidelines of the endocrinology society, bring somebody up to level 300. Like if you're below 300, that's considered hypogonadism. Otherwise, if you're above that, then they think that you're fine and it's no problem and whatsoever. So it's usually finding somebody who understands that this is what their practice is primarily doing. And then that's what they just specialize in. And then everything else gets handled. So that somebody who sees a doctor who does this all day, every day, and looks like they do, because often you'll see some doctors are like, don't go on testosterone, and they're extremely overweight. But it drives me crazy. I mean, I, I can go on and on about some of the stuff that I hear. It, ju it just makes no sense. But it's to the point where people are asking me every single day, like, do you have a doctor in this state that I live? And I'm like, no. And now it's like everyone I work with, please work with my partner, because then at least it's somebody that I trust that I know you're going to get the right type of communication from so versus you know battling and then then what are they going to say to their doctor like yeah my trainer you know because what are my credentials i'm not a physician yeah I know? yeah i mean I, and it's it's funny actually because i'm not on trt but i um i'm always checking in on everything just because that, i mean this is what i do um but with covid it was kind of like a perfect scenario where my, my doctor lives in montana I live in Seattle, but it was one of those things where I was like, I need somebody who understands where I'm at. Um, he worked, he worked with somebody that I'm really close with that is on TRT and he reviews my labs for me and kind of gives me his recommendations. Cause for a lot of people, it's gibberish looking at yep. a lab court printout, you know, um, even for somebody like me who has read 
tons of them, it's still difficult because um, it's like reading an actual study. Like if people try to read a study, it's really hard because there's a lot of like science jargon that it's hard to understand. Um, but uh, one thing I really did want to bring up as we talked about before we started recording was women's testosterone. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do they need to be looking out for? Should they be looking out for anything? Um, and why is it important to monitor? So full disclosure, which I said on my Instagram, I'm on testosterone cream. So even somebody that, you know, lives the lifestyle that we do can end up with low T. And it actually was kind of funny for me because now I'm like, now I can fully join all my clients and be like, I'm with (laughs) you guys. I fully understand. Um, Because I think uh, like for women, the high end of total T is like in the 40s and mine was 12. So it's pretty damn low. And then free tea, most women feel good around like five, six, and mine was like 1.2. I mean, it was horrendous. And I was just like, this is crazy. After being, you know, in a situation where I'm able to sleep a little bit longer, I'm not traveling at all, like stress was not so high, yet still I can't get my testosterone levels up. So um, for women, usually that comes with a decrease in libido and ability to maintain muscle and energy levels. Um, for me, it was wanting, wanting to get more jacked, which you never hear from women usually, but wanting to be able to build more muscle. And I was just dying. Like, you know, my recovery was, was not great. And I I just could not build muscle. And and this is going on probably two years trying to go at this. So it wasn't like I gave it a month and I'm like, screw this. Um, so, you know, my sex drive was pretty high as it is, but I wasn't like, crazy every day how I used to be. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is like, you know, I'm 38. I don't know. Maybe it's getting a little bit older. Um, but I had, you know, my labs done, which I usually get every three months at, you know, minimum. And I was shocked that it was so low. I was like, damn, why did this plummet? Um, so I'm on five milligrams a day. Creams for women are a very effective delivery system. So I, I laugh and I call it my scrotal cream because it's scrotal cream for men is, is also a very effective delivery system. Um, and you put it under your arm or on the inside of your thigh and it's five milligrams a day. And, you know, so far I feel pretty good, but for women, it takes much longer than it does for men to see or feel anything. So I'm four weeks in. Um, the only difference that I felt personally was I did not get acne the week before I got my period, which was crazy because I used to get a ton of acne and usually acne is caused by testosterone. So that was interesting. Um, but you know, women, women have the same issue with guys when it comes to certain medical professionals. I've had women who are going through menopause who have been told you don't need a hormone panel because there's nothing you can do about it because all hormone replacement causes cancer. And she was like, what? You know, it just makes no sense. So for women's hormone replacement, you know, you have estrogen, you have progesterone, which are the first to fall usually in peri and and menopause and then testosterone. And you really have to be on estrogen and progesterone together, not just estrogen. And then some women do need testosterone, some women wouldn't. So, but it is, it is safe and it is effective. And yes, it is something that women need just as men need estrogen. It's just very um, mis, misinformed from the media and stuff. Is there ever a point where you want men taking estrogen? There could be, yeah. There, there are guys that supplement with estrogen because they don't produce enough either. So if a guy's not producing enough testosterone, he's not going to be producing a lot of estrogen either. So yeah, that could definitely be something. Got it. I think there was but a lot of- guys are weird about that. Yeah. And, and I'll be completely, I'll admit that to me, uh, my first reaction when I first started, I'm trying to think of who it was um, that I was listening to, uh, and they are hormone specialists, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about the importance of estrogen for men. And this was a while ago, but my first reaction was like, what? No way. Because <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I came from the bodybuilding space of like, estrogen is bad, testosterone is good for men. So I think it's uh, important that we cover kind of everything. And, and I think we did touch on quite a bit today, but I want to like cap it, like, like kind of conclude it with, I guess, like, uh, like Ali G's list for their hormones. Like, <laughs> like if somebody's listening to this, like, what should they be focusing on? If you could give them a checklist of like, do these things and monitor these things so that you can feel the way you should feel. So take inventory of your life as to what your situation is and what your stress level is like. And we can talk about stress all day. I'm not saying 
you know, make it go away. Nobody can make it go away, but consider the stressors you can control. So if your kids are screaming and crying, you can't sell them. Obviously you have to change the way you react to stressors like that. But if you have, you know, technology, like your TV's breaking or something, that is something that you can change. So consider what are the stressors in your life that you can actually control? And then the ones that you can't, you have to change the way that you react to them because otherwise it's going to be a constant source of a negative feedback in your body. That would be number one in my mind, because that's always going to be a feedback loop that your brain is going to sense no matter what. Sleep would be number two. Please don't be afraid of it. Please learn how to go to bed. Please don't use technology an hour or so before bed. I personally started reading again before bed and it just knocks me out. And I'm on my fourth book of something not fitness related. Find hobbies that have nothing to do with your job because then your, your voices in your head regarding everything you have to do the next day can shut off hopefully. And then that also will send you into a very calming um, manner to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then make sure you're picking some stuff up, some heavy things. And then make sure you're getting in at least eight to 10,000 steps a day. That's one thing that I've really focused on with people during the quarantine. I would never really assign steps because then people would stress out if they didn't get them. But a lot of people didn't realize how little steps they were taking and movement they were getting while being on Zoom calls all day. So that would be something also to assess, you know, and then nutrition obviously goes along with that. Yeah, that's, that's actually what I was going to jump in and ask. Like, are there specific things that you're looking for in somebody's diet that would be uh, adding to the suppression of testosterone? I know you mentioned plastic bottles right after I took a drink of my water <laughs> bottle. I was like, oh, shit, keep that away. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. It's so funny because I've talked about like, like the receipts that you get at CVS, you know, that are 14 feet long and yeah. stuff. So granted, everyone wears gloves now. But um, if you touch the receipt, the BPA from the hot wetness on the receipt gets onto your hands. So BPA is what, you know, they BPA free plastic and stuff like that. And people are like, you are insane. I'm like, no, just Google BPA and receipts. It's like all over. And like I said, there's so many rabbit holes, but if you're going to pick one, um, I would definitely switch to glass over plastic or stainless steel. Stuff Even like the that. ones that say BB, B, uh, BB, BPA, free. BPA free on them. Is that yes. it? Because then they can replace it with like BPH or BPC, okay. but they won't tell you. So. so I'm good. I'm safe with this one. I usually, <laughs> I usually use like a Nalgene bottle, like a big metal tin, like water bottle that I refill. Um, but you caught me on a bad day. Uh, but it's, it's, it's all good. It it's, doesn't have that stuff in it. So, um, but with nutrition, uh, is there like, I know a lot of people immediately jump on fats. They're like, oh, you got to get enough fats in your diet. You got to get the right fats in your diet. Um, a lot of times I, I try to, educate them on it's it's more so like calories like yes you need essential fats of course you don't want to go below the minimum threshold um but i think a lot of people assume they can be in a calorie deficit to lose weight as long as they're getting fats in their diet they're good and it's like no if you're in a deficit that's that's going to be promoting under recovery right so um do you have any things that you kind of look out for and or recommend with nutrition specifically so it if you got, and I'm talking to who's listening, if, if you've been in a calorie deficit or you think you've been in a calorie deficit for a very long time, meaning, you know, you don't work with a coach and you've been trying to lose weight for a year or so, you're definitely not in what you would think a calorie deficit is, or you actually may not be eating enough of the right things. Usually people are not eating enough protein. That's what I see a lot. Um, and yes, people have overthought the fat thing where we're like, oh, you know, fat is essential. Fat is good. It's not scary anymore. We can eat all the fat we want. We can dip our bread in coconut oil. It's okay. Um, let's not go there. So let's, let's look at having a balance, not demonize any one macro, because if you go too low in anything, it's going to drain your body of any type of hormones because your body does not care about your abs. It cares about keeping you alive. So you know, if you go too low in fat, yes, you're going to see a drop in your hormones. But if you also go too high, you can see issues with your hormones. So um, I wouldn't fear carbs. As long as you set your protein intake to, you know, general rules like a gram per pound of body weight or lean body mass, and then it doesn't really matter what you use as far as carbs or fats for a general fat loss. But really, really taking a look in the mirror and, and tracking your food can get, be a real wake-up call. Many people don't realize what they're eating until they actually write it down. And I, I nail people on that with food logs because I'm like, 
you were picking at your kid's food. You posted it on Instagram, but I didn't see it in the chronometer app. So what's going on? So every little lick and bite and everything that all adds up. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that, uh, that rule of tracking to build awareness kind of applies across the board with everything we're talking about too. You know, we're talking about symptoms and biofeedback to watch out for, to let you know if your hormones are in a bad position, but you need to track those to become aware of it. You know, I always think it's funny when I'm talking to people about training and I'm like, well, are you getting stronger right now? I don't know. What do you do in the gym? I don't know. I mean, just, you know, just doing stuff. And it's like, you're not recording anything. You don't have like a log book where you're making sure you're progressing. Cause that's how we know if you're, it's working. Right. And I think that kind of goes across everything we've talked about today is like, you have to start with tracking and, and auditing and becoming aware. Yeah. That awareness. Oh my gosh. It, 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 it's very eye opening. And the app that I use allows people to input biometrics every day. So there are people that I have doing their blood pressure every morning, waking heart rate, blood glucose, like you name it. The more data I can get, the better. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, it allows us to assess a little bit more accurately. So anything that is directly related to hormones, like a lot of people are deficient in omega threes, and that can really help with blood sugar management and triglycerides and stuff like that which will affect hormones. Um, but there aren't any, you know, foods that directly like increase hormone yeah. production. Yeah. Uh, despite what the media will tell you people, because yes. there's good marketing out there. Um, I love it. This is a great podcast. We've covered so many things that I've had commonly asked on my, uh, on the podcast and you kind of kept it simple, which is good. Cause I think sometimes hormones can get super complex and confusing to people if we go too deep into the weeds. So this was really easy for people to grasp. Um, before I do let you go, where can everybody find all your content? Um, there's going to be people listening that want to just learn more. There's probably going to be people listening that need to be in touch with a good doctor. Um, I live on Instagram mostly and my Instagram handle is the Ali Gilbert. And that's not an ego thing. That is because Ali G has been taken in every form because of uh, Ali G. So that's where you can really find me. Um, and my website is ali-gilbert.com. Love it. And I'm assuming all the info for uh, the, your partner and all that stuff is on there. Yes. yes. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much, Cody. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.